Hello, everybody. This is Julie D from Nodonials.news, and welcome to Secrets of the Sizzle, Chapter 8. What I'm going to be doing for you today is reading Chapter 8 and giving you a little insight into, you know, why I wrote this and why I wrote that. Uh, you know, a little insight behind the scenes of Chapter 8. And I also wanted to encourage you, too, to think about if you want to write your own story. If you do, let me know. I can give you some tips. All right, let's jump right in. Chapter eight. We will have a link down below in the description so you could find where these chapters are. And I'm sure you um, probably want to start chapter one. But anyways, maybe chapter eight will entice you to read the back chapters. Chapter eight, reluctant restaurateurs and lakeside law enforcement the unplanned takeovers. This is the eighth chapter in our fictitious story called Secrets Under the Sizzle, set in Treeville, Ohio. Six years ago, sisters Marsha and Taylor unexpectedly became restaurant owners. As children, they had spent hours in the kitchen, helping clear tables, sweep floors, and perform simple tasks under the watchful eye of their father. He was a kind but firm boss, and the girls had many cherished memories from this period. Their father was a huge Billy Joel fan, particularly fond of scenes from an Italian restaurant. Marcia and Taylor had their own favorites and would often hum or sing That's Amore as they worked. However, however, when their father's health began to tear, when their father's health, however, when their father Paul's health began to deteriorate, they had made the difficult decision to move him into a dementia specialized retirement facility. Unable to care for him any longer, this choice was far from easy. His memory was fading. He was growing intense, increasingly irritable, even asking them, why are you here? Over time, the sisters began to make modifications to the restaurant. Some were necessary, and to their surprise, their husbands were instrumental in implementing these changes, particularly the floor renovation. Marsha and Taylor's favorite addition was a stained glass window featuring a peacock design crafted by a local artist, Melody Morin. Growing up, they frequently saw peacocks in the holler and the calming blues and greens of the window brought them comfort during stressful days and concerns about their husbands. One day while shopping for fresh produce, Marsha remarked, Jeff and Bob are really putting their backs into the new floor. We woke up this morning and it was done. Taylor responded with a sigh. Well, at least they're finally doing something constructive. In a bid to lighten the mood, Marsha suggested, let's do something fun. They're showing Moonstruck at Treville Theater tonight. Let's go. Taylor agreed enthusi enthusi enthusiastically. That sounds great. I love that movie. Marcia added that they were playing it because of the full moon, La Belle Lune. And so the sisters left the store arm in arm singing, when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. Now we must return back to the day the body popped up on Turtle Pond. As Bob was browsing through Facebook, a horrifying news headline suddenly caught his eye. Body found floating in Turtle Lake. 
This report was delivered by Ellen of Treville News, who is broadcasting directly from the unsettling scene of the discovery. Details were scanty, and as the police were keeping tight-lipped about the incident, there was no word yet on the identity. But some people in town already knew. Without wasting a moment, he dialed Jeff in a state of alarm. Have you watched the news? Jeff replied, relax, Bob. There's no way they can trace this back to us. But Bob countered, there are countless ways this could lead back to us. Jeff Jeff dismissed his fears, saying, you always blow things out of proportion. Everything will be fine. Bob quickly ended the conversation. I've got to go. Taylor's approaching. Jeff hung up and proceeded with packing, deciding not to mention this development to Bob. He had no desire to stick around and find if his if his reassurances were misguided. The local authorities had descended upon Turtle Lake. The Treville Police Department, not typically staffed for large cell incidents, had mobilized every available officer. They were meticulously scouring the banks. One officer was even perched in a willow tree overlooking the pond. A wave of unease washed over Penelope as she watched the scene unfold with rapt attention. She held one of her French lop rabbits, Flopsy, close to her, caressing its soft fur in the matter of a cat. An officer approached her, probing. Have you observed anything unusual on the lake recently? She responded that a few days prior, she had noticed the rowboat hadn't been secured in her usual manner. At the time, it seemed trivial, and she hadn't given it much thought. However, with the police now suggesting that someone may have used her boat to discard the body, this minor deviation suddenly carried weight. The officer found himself considering the possibility of Penelope's involvement. It was a suspicion that certainly warranted further scrutiny. Several officers had commandeered Penelope's rowboat while a pair of divers plunged into the lake depths. The body, shrouded in some sort of fabric, lay in the rowboat, adding an eerie silence to the already tense scene. Stay tuned to see this narrative to Stay tuned to see how this narrative evolves. As more evidence emerges from the scene, the intrigue only deepens. The progression of the investigation will be fascinating as we watch who becomes the focus of police attention as a potential suspect. It's even possible that multiple in, in it's even possible that multiple individuals were involved in this incident. To be continued. Now remember. This is a work of fiction. Names, characters, businesses, places, events, locales, and incidents are either the products of the author's imagination or used in a fictitious manner. Any resemblance to actual persons living or dead or or actual events is purely coincidental. All right, so let's talk about this. Um, First of all, I think it's kind of funny. They have a steak restaurant, but they're really into the Italian side. And that's uh, that's all me. I'm uh, half Italian and then half other things like Scotch and Irish and um, <clears throat> like I said, lots of things. Um, but I really ad- identify with my Italian roots because my father was full-blooded Italian. So I had to, you know, put some Italian flair into the story. 
Um, Billy Joel is one of my favorite artists and scenes for an Italian restaurant is one of my favorite songs that he did. And I, what I love about it is that the song tells a story, you know, you can visualize the characters and, and what they're doing um, as it's mentioned in the story. So, you know, it's kind of funny, you know, taking a song that has a story and putting it, you know, in uh, someone mentioning the song in the story. I kind of find, find that fun. And then that's Amore um, is, you know, another good song. And later in the chapter, the girls go see Moonstruck, which is one of my favorite movies. And, um, you know, that's Amore, that's Amore is uh, from that movie. Um, and again, it's just, it's just something that I like. And if you write a story, you're going to put in things that you like, because, you know, uh, a story, obviously the writer is separate from the story in most cases, but obviously a lot of their influence and things that they like or don't like often get woven into pages. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> and, you know, I've never worked in a restaurant. Um, and the girls grew up in West Virginia. My parents grew up, grew up in West Virginia. So I do mention West Virginia a lot. And obviously the girls are from there. Um, so the story was reported by Ellen of Treville News. Well, of course, I run Nordonia Hills News. So um, Ellen is kind of like my character in the story. So yes, I've inserted myself into the story. But, you know, Stephen King does that too in his movies. I think all of his movies, he has a cameo in there somewhere. Um, I could be wrong. Maybe there's some movie that he didn't appear in, but you know, he has uh, a little bit in there. I always make sure that Ellen is just one little part. She doesn't have like a big part in it because this is not about me. It's not about Ellen. It's about the sisters, but of course you have to have somebody reporting it. Uh, Turtle Lake. Um, I, the reason why I named the lake Turtle Lake is because when we were in Disney, they had, um, you know, ponds and things down there and we would often see turtles in there. And then growing up, we had a pond. Um, if you, um, watch the commentary of chapter seven, um, you'll hear about that as well. But, um, we had a pond when I was growing up and I would often be out there in the rowboat and, um, we had turtles in the pond at times. Um, not for long though, because if it was a big snapping turtle, it ended up being soup. So that is a true story. Um, but yes, um, if you go back to chapter seven, the commentary for chapter seven, uh, you will see that um, I would often row my boat and I would actually give my rabbits um, boat rides. And um, so obviously Penelope is petting Flopsy. Yes, one of my rabbits was named Flopsy. And I specifically put in French lap rabbits because um, that's the type that we raised. But um, if you know French lap rabbits, they're very large. So if you're petting a French lap rabbit, your arms are full of rabbit. Let me just say that. And uh, so sometimes, you know, I think it's kind of sad that this uh, is only a story and not a movie because I, some of the visuals I think would be very interesting. I would love to see somebody in a movie rowboating, you know, rowboating around, a, um, uh, you know, in their rowboat with uh, a rabbit in there. <laughs> You know, because back in the day we didn't have cameras. I would, if I would love to have been in the boat with my cell phone filming that, um, but we didn't have such things. And you know, you have to remember we didn't have internet back then, so we had to find other things to do. 
Um, I don't really uh, think there's anything else um, that I can mention about this. I do enjoy doing this story and I encourage other people to um, write and it's, it's, it's a whole lot of fun. Obviously I'm an amateur. This is the first story I've ever really written um, other than things that, you know, when I was in school, um, I used to write when I was a teenager, but then I got into computers um, out of, out of high school and uh, took a different path. So now I'm coming back to writing and I, and I do enjoy it. And I hope you're enjoying the story. And I hope I've encouraged you to think about, you know, jotting down some notes and starting your own. So anyways, until next time, I hope you have a great day and, and hope, I hope you're enjoying Secrets Under the Sizzle. Thank you for listening.